0: On the Empire Podcast this week, we say, okay, yeah, to Okja star Lily Collins, well-noted horror film director, footballer, historian, roofer, and spidery man Tom Holland drops by for a chat. All that unusual news and nonsense on the movie podcast that has just got off a plane from the States and hasn't slept for 24 hours, so this should be interesting. Hello, pod, I'm Chris Hewitt. Welcome to the Empire Podcast. This week, I'm joined by two colleagues of such lethal cunning And this week it's not so much a sausage fest as it is probably best stop there. um... Just stop there. Taco Thursday?
1: Mm, No. No. Let's just not. Let's just
0: not. Say hello to our soundtrack guru, Emma. Wouldn't trust her as far as I could throw her. (laughs) Hello. How are you?
2: I'm good. I'm good. I'm. Yeah, I can't think of anything and as I said it was With the
0: equivalent for Sausage Fest
2: well I said to stay in the kitchen but I thought I'd probably get well that is outrageous <laughs> that is
0: outrageous um, you've just yeah. set the uh calls the, back you've the set, set the calls back, the calls back 30 years gone. Again?
2: Um, yes uh, apologies I'm um, I'm trying to use my best my best uh, stage voice as uh, I've
0: laryngitis, so got laryngitis.
2: Sorry, guys, but I'm very nasal.
0: Yes, very nasal. And (laughs) speaking of someone who is also very nasal because she has a cold, uh, last but not least is our geek queen, who, like me, is swimming in cash thanks to Theresa May's generous (laughs) donation to the people of Northern Ireland this week. Uh, A billion pounds, Helen. I know. What
1: are you going to do with it? Oh, it's pretty amazing. I bought a yacht. I don't like yachts. I don't sail, but like it just seemed like the thing to do. Do you know what I mean? It's
0: just so good. (laughs) It's just so good. Uh, I am building a giant statue of uh, Gene Fitzpatrick,
1: right uh, in Banbridge,
0: my hometown. Brilliant. Brilliant. Wow. He is. He is Banbridge's greatest living. Well, I hope he's still alive. Resident stand-up comedian. Well done, Gene Fitzpatrick. And I once served him in a shop and he was very, very nice. There you go. go. This is the kind of (laughs)
1: scintillating anecdote that you can expect from the Empire
0: podcast. Happy days. It's Helen O'Hara, by the way. I actually haven't introduced you to people who are first-time listeners to the podcast. Let's always be conscious that uh, they are first-time listeners to the podcast. Uh, So welcome. Uh, Please accept my apologies in advance. Uh, (laughs) Shall we have a question? Sure. Yeah. Uh, So this is what usually happens. We start the show off with a question. But uh, before we get on to that, Helen, where have you been?
1: (laughs) I'm sorry, I'll never leave you again. That's a (laughs) Um, a lie, isn't it? It is actually In fact, you were
0: not meant to be on this week's podcast. Yeah, I was going to
1: be somewhere else more exciting, but, you know, they pushed it back a day. Um, I was in Chicago, and then I was in Ireland. Uh, Chicago is top secret, but Ireland was tour guiding. Um, Mm -hmm. So I was taking a bunch of Americans, a choir, in fact, around the island of our birth. So cool. Yeah. um, So big up to Upland High School, tour choir, they, they came entirely equipped with the sort of, what is it, a barbershop quartet, if there are nine of them, a barbershop non-tet. Non-tet. A non-tet, I think. Um, they were delightful. And uh, they also did, because they did lots of religious songs, because we were performing in a lot of churches, or they were performing, mm-hmm. I wasn't, I was just sitting in the back tapping my foot. They performed, and I'm not kidding, Joyful Joyful from Sister Act <laughs> 2, complete with the rap. It Amazing. was incredible. Really? Yeah.
0: Massive props
1: in particular for Gavin who did the rat bit because he was the quietest. <laughs> he was the quietest guy on the whole bus. Yeah, and then he did that, and it was great, amazing. Bloody hell! Yeah,
0: that's incredible. Where have you been, Emma? Where have you, what have you been up to?
2: Um, I mean, you know, I've been, I've been in the office. I've been, I'm being, being John Nugent.
0: <laughs> is that like being John Malkovich, Johnny? Kind with of more is.
2: Yeah. Um, it's a bit like being a rubbish George Harrison.
0: Um... You know. oh, that's, that's not what with I started doing George Harrison impression the day in the office. You were there. doing
2: that to me, earlier. It's actually quite good. Yeah, it's all right. You know, it's all right. Yeah. So, so by default, I think I'm actually in New York on a on a jolly yeah. holiday. Is that where he is fine. at the moment? Yeah. It's
0: hard to keep track of the Nuge. His uh,
2: his housemates on Broadway. That's right. Yeah, yeah. That is. Can
0: we can we talk about this? Yeah, yeah. The play, oh, yeah. The play that goes wrong. Yeah, John Nugent's housemate is in the play that goes yeah. wrong. Uh, so he's mates
2: of JJ Abrams now. To by you know technically.
0: So he's the guy. If you've seen the play that goes wrong, it's amazing. It's really great. Oh, it's see, so he's funny. the guy who plays the the corpse, I think.
2: Yeah, I've not, I think I that's not who he seen is. it, which is terrible. You,
1: you haven't have seen see it? I've seen no,
2: it. Oh, you have to see it. It's no, so I, funny. I will. I'm going out to New York soon, so hopefully, I'll try and see him out there.
0: Oh, so good. So good. I'd yeah. love to see it because I've never seen it with the original cast. I imagine you did because you're, like, you're did, like a yeah, theater yeah, junkie. Yeah,
2: yeah, well, I Oh, yeah. I can do it for you, Chris. What? And I'll let you know how it was. Well, this is the podcast that goes wrong every single week.
0: I, I almost uh, knocked that water over deliberately just to for a gag and I didn't realized it would be a terrible idea I did that once you remember there was the um the water challenge where people were throwing water over each other or something like that there's something it, yeah, going yeah, viral for,
2: my and i
0: I posted a video on Twitter it was a hilarious video where i uh, had a big glass of water sitting on the desk at work, and I went. Yeah, you know, a lot of people have been doing videos this week where you, lots, you know, where they, you know, spill water over themselves. And I can tell you right now, I'm not going to do that. And I gesticulated wildly, and knocked the glass over, <laughs> over my, you know, over my desk <laughs> and everything. And I, and I, oh, lols, shits and giggles. Everyone's everyone's yeah, having yeah. everyone's having a great time on the internet. And then what I didn't realize was that the there's a massive hole in our desks. Where all the electrical stuff goes. (laughs) Oh, was in the. Oh my goodness! Yeah, yeah. Watched this pool of water start dripping down onto the the plug socket, and I was like, (laughs) I'm just going to walk away from this now. Uh, and hope that nothing bad happens, but I'm just going to be near the fire exit if anyone needs me. I Luckily, like, it was okay.
1: Uh, just as, as your lawyer um, and as a public servant, <laughs> service announcement, we should make clear that if you see water dripping on a live electrical wire, yeah. 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 the correct answer is probably not as your first instance to, to run, run away. away. Run away! Probably leave <laughs> <it>. <laughs> something. Probably, like... Apply some paper towels for something to do better. I
0: wasn't sure if paper was a, a conductor or not. I should have paid more oh, attention. Chris. Oh, Chris. I should have paid more attention in science classes. More water. <laughs> more water, quickly. How do you put out an electrical fire? More water, my friend. <laughs> anyway. Oh, dear? Yeah. <laughs> should we have a question? Let's, yeah, yeah. All right. let's do it. Uh, so, this is a uh, in reaction to last week's question on the podcast. If you missed that, uh, it was just James and myself, just James and I and myself doing the podcast last week because we? oh, you were gallivanting often,
1: yeah, in
0: Chicago. With the cast is to. It's my kind of time.
1: my kind of Yeah.
0: You were, you, I, don't know what, what we, I don't know what you were doing, Emma, but you know, living vicariously through John Nugent. Yeah. Um, across
2: the bed. So it's just
0: me and James last week. And uh, in reaction to the Daniel Day Lewis is retiring to apparently the rumor, the scuttlebutt this week is now he's going to become a dressmaker. Have you seen this?
1: But then he oh, can do please. the entire outfit. I mean, next he just <laughs> needs to train as a milliner, and that's, that's you yeah. top to toe. He's down. Yeah. He, um, yeah. So
0: this is the, this is the story that he's fallen in love with dressmaking so much while making uh, the, oh, new the Paul, Paul Thomas Anderson, Thomas Anderson yeah. movie uh, that uh, which is about a fashion designer. And he's decided to throw his his lot in and go full um, uh, um, just looking around for fashion designer River Island, one of the greatest, <laughs> one of the greatest fashion designers. I think fashion designer of, of all. River Island. I think we should yes.
1: commission him. Huh? Yeah, what for? Like our new fashion mag
2: with Even Daniel Day-Lewis or just me for us and, <laughs> All right. no not you Chris no offence but I think uh, <laughs> I could do it I could do
0: it I, can, I shop at H&M cool <laughs> <laughs> hey I mind the gap sometimes I Ooh. fall into the gap anyway so the question was about uh, in the wake of Daniel Day-Lewis retiring from acting is he the best actor ever and it kind of turned into a it wasn't a full discussion between the two of us of the best actor of all time because we didn't even mention Denzel Washington. We didn't even horrendous. mention uh, Al Pacino. I don't think we did anyway. Charlotte we didn't even Copley. mention Charlton Copley or Where Kevin James. So it wasn't <laughs> an exhaustive troll through the best actors of all time. But um, but
1: his name does come up. Him and Marlon Brando. Those, yeah. are the, those are the big names that come up.
0: Absolutely. Uh, so Ryan Chapman. At Rianne underscore Chapman has responded to this discussion uh, of the Sausage Fest, and she's gone full Taco Thursday. Perfect. With uh, given your discussion, that's that's the that is the that's yeah that's the official. Let's just move on. Given your discussion of the greatest ever actors, only included male actors. Oh yeah, so yeah. yeah. We, we, went we went there. We went there. We went full nineteen seventies. Brian Rick's West End farce. Yeah. Uh, who's the greatest ever female actor?
1: Ooh, well, I mean, uh, there are a couple of obvious contenders in Catherine Hepburn and Betty Davis for a start. Just in terms of Oscar nominations and Oscar wins, immediately they've got to be in the conversation.
0: Catherine Hepburn has she's won the Oscar a million times. A million times, yeah. Right. I believe, yes. Actually, uh, million speaking times. of Oscar winners,
1: Meryl Streep should be in contention. People yeah. like her like or loathe her. She can do pretty much anything. Isn't
0: Meryl Streep the microphone drop in this category? I mean, that's <laughs> that's kind of one of the reasons why you you know it's just it's it's not. I don't know, you just go, greatest actress of all time, Meryl Streep. But
1: then people, like, don't like her. I, I don't understand I them, know. but there are people who don't rate her at all. Well, I right. don't rate them. No, well, that, I mean, that is, <laughs> I mean, that's very much my response to that. I'd like to see them well. play yeah.
0: Margaret Thatcher. <laughs>
1: right?
0: Yeah. But, you know,
1: I mean, <laughs> I think there's some, there's some absolutely great actresses. I think sometimes they've, they've had trouble necessarily getting the roles, but... Um, but the ones who do get the rules and can run with it, you know, the Kate Blanchett's and the Julianne oh, Moore's. I mean, what are you going to do about that? You know? <laughs> you know Kate, Kate hey, Kate Blanchett is supposed to be coming to the London stage next spring. And I shouldn't have said that because I want to be the only one waiting for Take tickets. Take all my money. Damn it. All my money. <laughs> yeah, forget I said that. Everyone, forget. No, it's cool. What's she, what she made they'll they'll be doing? Um, I think it was Streetcar Named name Desire. Now the last person I saw do that She's was Gillian Streetcar. Anderson, okay. who was unbelievably good. Amazing. So I would be very intrigued to see what Kate Blanchett can do with it.
0: That'd be cool. That is exciting.
1: Um, Chris. Hello. As far as I'm concerned. Yeah. There is
2: one answer. Sure.
0: It's a shorter to copy again.
2: However, <laughs> he's not a that woman. Like We've can discussed n- anything. Stop making it always. Especially about if Charlotte.
0: it involves a South African accent. Don't. You'd be like. Don't. it's it's a new type of Afrikaans no one's ever heard it before I can't deal with it if you start talking in South African. stop it
2: right um, (laughs) but I would like to because we know who the obvious answer is so if we put Lady Meryl of Streep aside for a minute Lady Gaga um, (laughs) hey hey, Hey, she she might be great we don't know we We haven't seen Stars Born yet we don't know it's definitely for me I think my sort of selection would be Kate Winslet yeah. Um, just people that I think are in contention because they've got a lot of range. Yeah. Um, uh-huh. Cape Blanchett. Yep. Tilda Swinton. Yep. Tilda. Tilda. you got
0: to love the Tild.
2: You do. Absolutely. The, um, Swint.
0: the Swintmeister.
2: Emma Thompson. Emma
0: Thompson. Tom Serino. Tom Serino.
2: Tom Serino. Julianne Moore. More, I more, can't think more. of her. Okay, that can work. <laughs> uh, Charlie Theron. Yeah. And. Um,
0: it's actually LaRon.
2: <laughs> Charlie's LaRon. Uh, <laughs> I really wish it was her It'd be amazing, would And. Um, Viola Davis but oh, I think gosh, yeah, Vila Vila Davis. Davis. I think it's hard for this generation of actresses because I mean the only person I can think of that's had a chance really to do enough lead stuff is Jennifer Lawrence and I think in time she could probably be a contender for yeah I don't know I think she's insanely talented Helen
0: loves um, loves Emma Stone look, look at your <laughs> I little, do your, love Emma, your little Stone. Lit Emma up. Stone I
2: really love Emma Stone can I just, I just don't love La La Land Hang on did I just say Emma Stone? No, no you said Jennifer oh, Lawrence Oh that was weird
1: yeah. What about what? Well, let's let's go back. Let's
0: go back a bit. Let's let's take our little time turners and go back a little yeah.
1: bit. Okay.
0: Uh, okay. So what about Jane Fonda? I was literally about to yeah. say Jane Fonda.
1: Well, I was thinking actresses in the seventies. There weren't very many female stars in the seventies. It's a very yeah. male-dominated decade. Diane so you, Keaton. You go to then. Yeah. Yeah. She kind of just plays herself, and she's, I love that about but her. She's awesome. She's not <laughs> herself in The Godfather. That's true, but she's not at her best in The Godfather either. Oh! oh, I said it. That's right.
0: Did you just um, diss the film that was officially voted the greatest movie of all time by the readers of no, Empire Magazine? No.
1: Like, I'm saying, even Diane Keaton, not at her best, is still good enough to be in the best film of all time. Anyway, right. let's move on. Yeah, okay. Um, but Jane Fonda was was great. I think Goldie Hawn deserves a mention. Okay. As an as a comic actress, it's very hard to think of anyone better. In In terms of her range, if you see her movies like uh-huh. from the 70s, from yeah. the early 80s, before her sort of Big A listy days. She is terrific.
0: She is terrific. She's very, very good. But is she the greatest ever female actor? No, probably not. As, but I did, oh, I did say comic.
2: I did say comic. Okay. Street mate. Street, street, street mate. Street. Streep.
0: Streep all day long.
2: Street car name design. Twice on Wednesdays.
0: You gotta love your street, right? She could do everything. She's hosting this podcast. Is that,
2: <laughs> is that, <laughs> she would do oh, a no. better
0: accent. Oh, than no. that? Oh, no. She wouldn't. Have you seen, have you seen, <laughs> The um, the Al Pacino doing Cockney video. No, no. Oh yeah, it's absolutely amazing. It's terrible. It's absolutely terrible, right? You have to go on uh, YouTube, <laughs> and there's a thing where Al Pacino is in the 80s and he's doing a thing, and it's the worst Cockney accent that you ever hear in your trouble and strife, trouble strife, because he repeats everything <laughs> twice because that's what he does. It's it's him, and I think it's Saul Rubinek or someone like that okay. doing a uh, a play. Uh, that was filmed, and it is it is as great as Albertino is. This, oh my God, you got to hear it. So you're it's saying amazing. that's why
1: he doesn't rank in you? That's why he didn't it's come up in the discussion? He's not the greatest week. female actor for me, right? Okay,
0: yeah, yeah. He just he just falls, he just falls just short. Falls short, short well, but um, uh, Julia Roberts.
1: I mean, I think she's. Uh, if we were talking greatest female stars, I think she'd absolutely be in the conversation. As would, Agreed. but then that like, you bring in people like Marilyn Monroe, um, who's a hugely underrated actress, mm-hmm. but probably not, but not the greatest of all time. So I think there's a difference between star quality and acting ability. And you have to have a lot of acting ability to be a great star, don't get me wrong. Mm -hmm. You know, Tom Cruise, huge, like terrific, terrific actor, but he doesn't get mentioned in the same breath as Brando, De Niro, Pacino, you know, Daniel Day-Lewis. He gets mentioned in the same breath as the big stars. Mm -hmm. Mm. In fact, he basically leads that list. So I think Julia Roberts is more of that caliber.
3: Mm.
2: Just one more person for younger that I want to throw into the hat as well because I'm I've just made my brain really excited by thinking about what Alicia Vikander <laughs> going
1: to go on to do. Oh, oh yeah, I think she's astonishing. Well, I mean, she's going to go on to do Tomb Raider.
2: So. Oh no, I mean, <laughs> well, yes, um, yeah. Oh, she but yeah, she's blows incredible my mind. Biologist. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, absolutely. yeah. Sorry, just you know, she's great. Yeah, <laughs> really good.
0: Yeah, it's Streep though. Yep. Always, oh yeah, always come back to Streep. What's your oh, favorite? Dude. What's your favorite Streep performance? Whew. What would what would you what would you show? Because I know people I mean, who I know people who can't stand her either, which is really bizarre and baffling. Yeah. But what would you show to win these people over?
2: I mean, Ricky in the Flash, surely. <laughs> really?
0: No, no, no. no. Okay. Um, I, was, okay.
2: Hmm. Oh, I love oh, Kramer versus Kramer, but I think that's more about the whole film. I think everyone is yeah amazing she's in that. Pretty amazing oh. in Silkwood.
4: Hmm.
1: But maybe that's my lefty as I'm talking.
0: I don't
4: know.
1: I um, you lefty <laughs> I know it seems so unlikely uh, I I actually like her her later stuff um, rather than the the sort of the 80s you know Out of Africa and all those ones I mean I think The Devil Wears Prada is an astonishing performance yeah actually I love it um, I think Doubt is amazing mm-hmm. um, so good uh, but of course she's helped by the fact that you know Philip Seymour Hoffman Amy Adams Viola Davis like that's just an incredible cast mm-hmm Oh, Amy Adams! Yeah. So amazing. Amy, Amy Adams. Adams. Amy Adams, five-time Oscar nominee, uh, six-time now, five.
0: She, Sigourney Weaver. Sigourney Weaver
1: she has a crazy range. Amy Adams. Yeah, she really does. Sigourney Weaver nominated twice in one year.
0: She was quite impressive. She was.
2: I think if you were if you were trying to bring someone into the Meryl Streep fold who'd never seen anything, I actually think. Florence Foster Jenkins is a really good introduction. Maybe because it's funny and it's sad and it's a bit of everything. I know that a lot of people don't like that performance. Uh, yeah, I think I that's
0: think one of the ones maybe... that might turn people off. Though. Do you think she gets nominated by default no. these days? No. Uh,
1: I but think... I think there's a, there's an element of her performances that is sometimes overwhelming. I think that's the case in Florence yeah. Foster Jenkins. It's sort of like you can't really mm. ignore that and say that you're... <laughs> you can't really talk about acting awards and not talk about that that yeah. performance. Like, it feels weird not to.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm sitting here saying Street, but I I I like the Kate Blanchett. Show. Oh, Kate! Oh, God, yeah, no, I think she's <laughs> chameleonic. <laughs> Clearly, Helen oh, likes her.
1: I mean, who doesn't? Have so you familiar. seen the Thor Ragnarok trailer? She should get an Oscar just for the trailer. Yeah. Are you kidding me?
0: Yeah, <sighs> she's amazing. What a
1: woman! She looks great in that.
0: Should we have a moment of uh, silence, just an appreciation of Kate Blanchett? If you want to have your question read out in the Empire Podcast, uh, then you can send them in to us via Twitter, where we're at Empire Magazine. Please use the hashtag Empire Podcast, as Rianne Chapman did. Uh, I think that's how I read it, obviously. Uh, you can also Facebook us, where we're at. Emp- oh, no, we're not at Empire Magazine. We're just Empire Magazine on Facebook. That's how it works, right? Yeah. Uh, and you can email us, podcast at empireonline.com as well. All right. Our first guest this week needs no introduction and requires no jacket. She is. Someone who from her genesis as the daughter of pop royalty has forged a career in her own right as a wonderful actress against all odds. Oh, she could be seen this week in Octa. And what else, Helen? Uh, what? She's coming up in To the Bone in two weeks. To the Bone in two weeks, there you go. She is, of course, the great Lily Collins. And she popped into our stew, stew studio uh, to, talk to, to talk to Helen.
1: You're going straight to hell for that one.
0: Can think of anymore. <laughs> Enjoy. <laughs> She's a daughter of Phil Collins. In case you weren't, yeah, we get it. <laughs> you weren't getting that.
1: There we go. I hope.
3: Uh, welcome <laughs> to the Empire Podcast. We're joined today by Lily Collins. Hello. How are you? I'm doing great. The weather is so beautiful, and I'm just I'm loving London at this time of year.
1: Yes, it feels like we're not in London. It feels like something's gone horribly wrong. It actually
3: does feel like we're finally um, entering into spring and creepily summer, yeah. which is almost here again, which is strange. <laughs>
1: almost all at once so uh have you come from can were you in Cannes? yes a i was well? just
3: in can and i arrived um about two days ago and i'm still um trying to recover <laughs> from a three and a half to four hours of sleep a night right um but also just the madness of it all mm. it's Quite magical, to be honest. I'd never been for the festival. I'd been for vacation before, but way more chill than that. Yeah. Um, This is just go, 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 go. And you know what? It's like you have to live in the land of yes when you're there because Mm – why the hell not? <laughs> so if someone suggests, let's go for a party on our yacht. You're yes! like, Yeah, oh my god. You're like, I've got to check that off my list. And why not go to three or four things during the night? It was an early night if I was at home by like two thirty. That's early. That is that's super it early. It was yeah. so early, you know, but um but loved it, I had a great time, and the movie was received really well and it was just um yeah I don't know what I was expecting but it definitely surpassed anything I thought I'd mm. be doing
1: yeah I mean all, all the reviews were were fantastic and it's funny I mean there were there were all this negative attention beforehand right which seemed to be a blown out of all proportion and b centered on technical problems involving projections yeah right? you know
3: what's interesting is there were a lot of questions um, at our press conferences and whatnot about the drama of Netflix being there which at the end of the day I, I feel so fortunate to have gone with Netflix and you know they asked us to compete which was amazing um but it wasn't a shocker that Netflix was involved so to me that was a little strange um and then the day of the premiere in the morning there was a press screening where there was a projector issue and then it got fixed and then that night we had the premiere and it went off without a hitch and we so lovingly were applauded for about seven minutes afterwards. So they all like to say that it was the premiere that got booed. It had nothing to do with each other. But hey, it's conversation, you know. Absolutely. It's a,
1: whatever is the best story. Seems exactly. To be I'm like, there's with. a lot
3: of stories. But what we, what we were really hoping for and I think we accomplished is after the film premiered, hopefully that the conversations after it would be about the film. Yeah. And and for Bong to be able to finally live in the fact that he created a great movie, an amazing film. The imagery is stunning and the, the messages and conversations coming out of it are great, you know, mm-hmm. greater than controversy to do with why we were there.
1: Yeah. And I mean, you, this is something that you campaign to be involved with. Am I right?
3: Yeah. Well, I mean, I've, I've been a huge fan of Bong's for a long time. I think he's just absolutely heroic in what he does. Um, and I met with him in Los Angeles at 11 a.m. and he ordered ice cream. And I thought, God, you're cool. Why are you ordering ice cream? He's like, well, because I love it and I like ice cream here. And I was like, I love you. Um, So I definitely wanted to be a part of it. You know, I had to go on tape for it. I I had to do my own fighting. But Bong was amazing that he took a risk on me because I'd never really shown, I'd never shown this side of myself. I'd never done a movie like this, quite experimental in a sense. And um, yeah, I really, I was down to fight for it and, and he was down to let me do it.
1: And it seemed like, I mean, he he talked in the production notes about essentially rewriting the role a little bit for you and kind of changing her to fit you. So how did Red
3: change? Well, I think, you know, when we were having our first conversations about the the project and about my character specifically, he was asking what I related to about her. And I said, well, you know, when I was a kid, I grew up in the countryside and I was quite scrappy and I I was down to kind of just hang with the boys and not be ultra glam. And he had never heard the word scrappy before and he kept saying scrappy 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 and he's like I love that word and so I think he started to incorporate more scrappiness with her maybe you know she's she is the only female in our version of the ALF but she's really she's really sassy and she's she doesn't um she doesn't like separate herself as a girl I mean she's one of the ALF and she's quite scrappy she gets to just to go and fight with the guys and and do everything that they do. And I think he saw that willingness in me to just go for it. And whether it was just, you know, dyeing my hair or like minimal touch-ups or just the basics and the most elementary version of going with the flow mm-hmm. and then running around wielding gas guns and umbrellas and weird items in South Korea. He's like, oh, she's down for this. And I'm like, <laughs> I am so scrappy, Bong. And so I think he altered a, a couple of things based on that yeah. conversation.
1: I mean, tell me about shooting then in South Korea. How was that? How was that?
3: It was incredible because, you know, director Bong is from there, so... Yeah our back lot was essentially all of South Korea. We, we got to shut down freeways and, and shoot in underground malls and do all these amazing stunts and crazy things in these beautiful locations um, with the support of everyone, which was wonderful. Um, they really embraced us. And, you know, I'd never been there before, but to shoot for five weeks in the city where I don't speak the language, but I very much felt like I got to explore and kind of live it up. And all the ALF members, we'd go out and, Believe me, we went and karaoke and <laughs> had some fun nights and went, you know, to the all the little shops and definitely had a, had a great time.
1: Um, now, Empire are keen karaokeers. I've got to ask at this point, what is your fa- what's your go-to
3: song? Oh my God, I definitely did want to be by Spice Girls, for <laughs> sure. I mean, I will say that the, the book of um, karaoke songs was larger than any book I've ever seen, but I went straight for that because I just, you know, why not? If you're going to go, go big. Go big, exactly. <laughs> Representing the Brits over there. Excellent. Well done. Thank you. Yes.
1: Um, I mean, tell me about then the, the Animal Liberation Front, ALF, because... Uh, did you have to kind of research that? Did you go on YouTube and watch clips? Because there are obviously real, real yeah, organizations. Yeah, yeah, it's a
3: real organization. This is just our, our take on it. Um, Bong had sent us a bunch of links of documentary clips, documentaries, stories that were done on ALF members, as well as gave us some reading material. He gave us like the official ALF handbook. And then um, I always have been fascinated with food documentaries in general. So I had already watched a bunch of those a couple years ago, Rewatched them for this movie. And it's shocking what you find. You know, the research is really hard hard to look at, but pivotal and necessary. And uh, our characters weren't necessarily based on specific people, but the ideals of the ALF. Um, but then, you know, he cast a unique group of people to portray different characters. And they are, in a sense, slightly comic-y, comic y comic booky. but that's what Bong does so well. You know, even everything from... Blonde, silver, and red—our hair colors are our names. Yeah. You know, there, there's aspects to it that are very tongue-in-cheek, but also very grounded in reality.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And and you know, they did have this strict credo, which I think was was quite valuable because you know, at the other end of the scale, you have Tilda Swinton and her very uh, capitalist, mm-hmm. uh, unethical characters. So yeah. kind of it's a nice balance to yeah. show, you know.
3: Yeah, and I think the movie deals with with those kind of themes of, of politics, nutrition, environmental, love, love lost, loss of innocence all these things that Bong shows with multiple characters going through in different ways and sparks conversation because we all are flawed in some way even Lucy Miranda who is this big head of the corporation who seems very adamant about what she believes and very strong and CEO like and then she's really insecure about her family Mm. you know so small things like that and then Jake's character is this like you know personality on TV (laughs) but he is so insecure when the cameras are off so there's a lot There's a lot going on with each character, I think, that speaks to everyone, really. Yeah. Uh, What
1: about Okja himself, or herself, I should say? Because uh, what were you working with on set?
3: Was there, you know... It's funny. um, One would think that it was like 10 million tennis balls. Um, (laughs) It wasn't. Uh, We actually had a a huge life-size stuffy version of. So it was like this carved rubber creation that was that was powered by multiple actors inside different body parts okay and so we were running around with this gray carved pig um and had someone in the head so that they could emote with us and the creator of um it eric he he created the tiger and life of pie oh, wow. so his track record is pretty bomb mm-hmm. and um he would describe to us the texture of the skin so we could interact with it appropriately and I mean, it was weird, don't get me wrong, but very helpful to have something to act opposite, especially for the character of Misha.
1: Yeah. She's super cute. I mean, she's, there's a little bit of hippo in there as well. There's I a hi,
3: There's like hippo. I think there's a little rhino. There's a little dog. Okay. I mean, there's like there were certain animalistic qualities that they wanted to incorporate that we all emote to and that was unlike the normal pig. Mm. You know, she's not normal in yeah. any way. So to, to kind of have it visualized in that sense was, was interesting. Yeah.
1: There was some discussion, I think, in advance. People thought this was a kid's movie. I think people, when people saw it, they thought maybe it isn't. Where do you kind of come down on that scale?
3: Um, there are a few scenes that are, you know, hard to watch as an adult. Yeah. So I think um, it would be, you know, I think Bong has said that, you know, no kid. Well, kids with supervision is probably preferable. Yeah. Um, there are, it's fun to watch with kids. But I mean, because the, you know, the lead is a pig. But at the same time, it's it's like um, he compared it to um, oh my gosh, I'm now forgetting oh uh, Pan's Labyrinth. Oh yeah, he said you know kids normally wouldn't be watching that alone. Yeah, um, and some animated films, even you think about the the the, um, the Brothers Grimm, you know, original fairy tales, they're very dark, mm. um, and this has those kind of qualities about it. Uh, But I think that people really of any generation can relate to it because we all we all had pets that we really loved or uh, ones that were pivotal in in us growing up. So Oakja represents that to Mijia. And I've, I've heard a lot of people that I've talked to admit that they were like sobbing because they related to this scene or this scene, you know. So I think it's something to be related to on every level, but it's definitely it's not a kids' movie, mm. um, yeah, I wouldn't say that. Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, I also wanted to ask you about To the Bone, which mm. is another Netflix film.
1: Yeah, certainly in this country. Um, how did you How did you get involved with that? Because that's a, that's a film. It's fair to say about anorexia, about a girl struggling to yeah. to recover.
3: Netflix actually was wonderful because we took this to Sundance and they bought it at Sundance. So they, a, are taking risks on subject matter that they put out them that out there themselves, but mm. they also b they're finding material that's already made that they want to help get the word out and spread which is what they did with to the bone and i'm so thankful for them for doing that but yeah to the bone is about a young woman suffering with anorexia who goes to a halfway house and meets other people suffering with eating disorders and it's about her struggle to survive and whether or not she wants to get better mm-hmm. and it's written and directed by marty Knoxon, who's a badass woman she who i love for Buffy. yes so. i mean come on she's just so <laughs> freaking cool um, but she, it's, it's, it, the movie is semi-autobiographical for her. Mm-hmm. Uh, it also happened to be something that I went through um, as a teenager and um, I really wanted to do this movie because I felt like it was a- enabling a larger conversation to be had. And I, there's never been a feature film about eating disorders and I think that's absolutely crazy seeing as how prevalent it is today and becoming more and more prevalent with me- women and men. And, um, you know, I I really, I believe that the world was throwing it to me at a time when I needed to go through certain aspects of it myself again to better understand it because I had just written my chapter on my experience with eating disorders in my book that came out uh, this past year, Unfiltered. Mm -hmm. I I wrote my chapter about it a week before I got the script and it was like the world going okay this is like a bigger conversation to be had um there's a reason that you've been writing this there's a reason that you're doing this movie so I'm just excited that we get to talk about a subject matter that deserves conversation yeah
1: um and Keanu Reeves
3: plays the counselor plays my revolutionary doctor (laughs) Keanu Reeves he's lovely um very soft-spoken very sensitive and so nurturing you know he played my doctor so he he kind of mirrored that in real life but very um just into the work and wanted to do as much research as possible and just so funny like very very kind mm.
1: we we had him we had him on the podcast recently to talk about john wick oh yeah and he was getting extremely animated about killing people so it's good to hear about oh my his. god <laughs> i'm sure he like does <laughs>
3: he does that character so well this is uh, this is a a bit of a transformation for him really i'm actually excited for people to see him do this because I don't think you expect it from him, you know, from yeah. John Wick to Dr. Beck. <laughs>
1: Why not? <laughs> Just before I let you go, uh, I had a couple of questions I wanted to ask about. Um, I wanted to ask about Mirror Mirror, actually. I mean, you mentioned the Brothers Grimm before and you've obviously got you've got form in that in that respect. Yeah. Um, do you ever worry that the whole rest of your career you'll never have costumes as bizarre as that again?
3: Uh, um, I loved those costumes, and Aiko. I mean, you know, um, she's she's an she is and will forever be an incredible artist. And it's sad not to have her here anymore. But I don't think I'll have heavier costumes ever. <laughs> really? Let's just put it that way. Yeah, those those items were extremely heavy, very difficult to move around, and let alone go to the bathroom in. Um, but, you know, they were so beautiful and I grew up loving Snow White. So to be able to portray her in that way was so amazing. And it's a total dream come true. And I still have memories when I was on set of, of young kids coming up, truly believing they were meeting Snow really? White. Yeah, Aww. which I thought was, was wonderful. Even when I was in sweatpants, they were introducing <laughs> me as Snow White. <laughs> She's normal, just like us. Alright, well listen, um, i better let you go,
1: but thank you so much. Thank Lily you. Collins. So nice to and talk to you. And everybody watch Octa and To The Bone.
3: Thank you, I hope so. Enjoy. That
0: was Lily Collins. How was she, Helen?
1: Oh, she was delightful. Um, I, I, I enjoyed that. I mean, you, you just heard, but I enjoyed that Obviously she I gave did. us her, her karaoke <laughs> go-to number, you know.
0: And, and what a great go-to karaoke number it was <laughs> as well. I particularly enjoyed the mention of that song. A real... <laughs> A real favorite of mine. Uh, right, should we talk about what's happened in the world of movies this yes. week? I've, I've been away. Please. I've been... I've been not been really paying attention to what's been happening. Well, so this is news all news to me.
1: There has, there I have, have been, a little bit. There have been glad tidings this week. Yeah. Ah, Christmas. A further news. Well, actually, there was a Bad Mums Christmas uh, trailer. But anyway, uh, no, there have been the glad tidings, to which I refer, uh, are the news that Julian Dennison, the star of the great hunt for the wilder people, is getting more work. And he is getting more work alongside Deadpool. Guys. Dudes. Guys. Fellas. Dudes.
2: Guys, people, oh, I actually thought I was going to explode when I read this yesterday. Oh, maybe a bit of an overreaction. But Shit
0: just got real.
2: So exciting! I know.
0: Uh, yeah, actually, this was something that I had I had seen. I had read this on the internet, and it was it was announced, wasn't it, in this um, <laughs> uh, very very funny Instagram pic of yeah. Deadpool carrying Give Julian Dennison on his back. Yeah. yeah. Uh, first I saw it was when Taika Waititi tweeted it, going, never are my I wilder people this dreams that yes, I think I would really. see this and it was one of those things where you went is this? Are they just I mean, hanging now, out? Yeah. Is, it,
1: is, it, is it Photoshop? Like, Holy yeah. shit is this just real. and then, yeah, gradually it yeah. sank in
0: So this means now that, you know we have the Skucks Life graffiti as seen in Thor Ragnarok starring Kate Blanchett yeah, and, and some other people things. Sure um, Who else is in it? I
1: can't I remember. mean, some people
0: Yeah, some people okay. It's unimportant
1: Jeffrey Goode
0: jeffrey that? <laughs> and um so that we have that and yeah. then we have ricky baker i hope he's playing ricky baker that would be amazing can in, imagine. in deadpool 2 so is hunt for the wilder people the film that brings the x-men and the mcu together, together at last yeah i'm calling it now it's canon
1: it can <clears throat> it can do anything it's a miracle
0: <laughs> <laughs> it can do anything shit just got real that's very exciting it oh. is yeah and that film starts filming very very soon if it yeah. hasn't already started filming
1: and, and honestly it Just, couldn't happen to a nicer person he's an absolute sweetheart so yay for Julian Dennison yay hey.
0: he really is he really is well done well done him yeah. uh, what else has happened
1: well um, I was quite excited by the news that Foundation uh, the Isaac Asimov sci-fi book trilogy is headed to TV now this has been reported on before and I've said I'm really excited about it and then sort of binds away again but it seems to be bouncing back, you know, which has got to be a good thing, I think. Uh, Skydance, which has been making some great movies recently, has uh-huh. David Goyer and Josh Friedman working on it for TV rather than the big screen. Mm-hmm. And that's probably right because there's probably a bit too much story for, for a film. Uh, the basic idea is not as far-fetched as it used to be. Uh, psycho history allows you to mathematically predict, not the actions of individuals, but the, the path of a society. You can look at a bunch of different markers and predict the course that society is going to take and this psychohistorian called Harry Seldon looks at his own galactic civilization where he's living think the republic in Star Wars and realizes it's about to collapse in a in a fairly short time frame a few hundred years it's going to completely collapse and there's going to be 3000 years or 30000 years of barbarism Um, before some kind of civilization is restored. Uh So he goes to the emperor and he says, look, if you give me a bit of money and I can buy a a planet or so, we'll call it foundation and we'll kind of store mankind's knowledge there to set things right again. And that's kind, of, that's kind of the setup. So mm-hmm. what happens is um, Foundation will shorten that period of barbarism to about a thousand years, which is nothing in galactic terms. It's fine. <laughs> um, and will allow them to kind of reestablish civilization. And that's kind of the idea. So the, the book sees us going back to civilization every couple hundred years and seeing how... i oh, sorry, going back to Foundation and seeing how things are developing. It's really cool. It's that a really, really awesome. mind-blowing idea. And actually, Psychohistory semi-exists now. There are computer programs... That kind of predicted the Arab Spring, they said. Oh so gosh. it's beginning to be a little bit too realistic. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see this and I hope this one gets off the ground.
2: Yeah, there's a lot of interest on Twitter I know, when we posted it, people being
1: really excited. So, yeah, obviously that's great books, super easy and quick to read. I mean, yeah. the, the original Foundation and Prelude to Foundation are like a couple of hundred pages each. You can okay. read them in an afternoon.
0: What else is happening?
1: Um, in unlikely news, <laughs> um, there's a sequel to yeah. The Accountant yeah. planned,
2: which. I didn't see it coming. Somewhere some someone somewhere has won a lot of money from some obscure bet from that <laughs> name. I
0: wish I had I wish I put a bet on. Yeah. <laughs> uh I tell you who did see it coming. Christian Wolfe Star of the Accountant as played by Ben Affleck. Yeah. yeah. Nothing gets past that guy. Nothing. He you knows every angle. Yeah, this is this is interesting because they, they I I'm, I actually don't mind that film. And I know that it that's perhaps Uh, I'm in the minority on that one Uh, but I I thought it was um, batshit and sane and I kind of I I kind of applaud that in in a way so it was Ben Affleck and John Bernthal and then there was a twist at the end of the film they were adversaries and then (gasps) there was a twist at the end of the film that I will not give away but, we uh, did the a new story though, right? Perhaps, yeah, we did. Because yeah. um, it's been out for ages. And uh, perhaps they will return for the sequel with Gavin O'Connor, who I like a lot yeah, uh, good as director. a director. Uh, yes. And it's a, it's a really it's a bizarre film that, that just constantly keeps you guessing as to what genre it's in. It doesn't really know. But in um, this day and age of John Wicks and Atomic Blondes, then why yeah, not?
1: Yeah. Well, we should say at this point, it's very, very early days. This is no schedule. Mm. Everyone's only just figuring uh-huh. out contact, uh, contacts, uh, contracts sorry, and story beats. So, I mean, we'll see if we see it. But it's interesting that that's even being talked about. So. Absolutely.
0: Okay. Uh, some news here as well. Carrie Coon, who, of course, the star of The Leftovers in Fargo, has joined the cast of Widows, which is a Steve McQueen thriller which I believe is shooting in Chicago uh, at the moment. Um, I don't know, can anyone confirm that?
1: Uh, I certainly couldn't. I mean, weren't you there? <laughs> no, I mean, yeah, but that doesn't have anything to do with anything.
0: Oh, you just there to see the...
1: I was just there, you know, no reason. No reason,
0: just to okay. hang out. Fair. Okay. Yeah, that cast is amazing. Who's in it? Who else is in the cast?
1: Um, it's got Viola Davis. It's got Liam Neeson. It's got Michelle Rodriguez, Elizabeth Debicki, the cast. Um, Cynthia Arrevo, Jackie I mean, Weaver, Cynthia. Yeah, uh, oh. making her film debut, I believe. Oh, uh, man, Colin Farrell living. as well. Um, yep. Robert Duvall. It's it's going to oh, be a pretty Bobby good. D, uh, Bobby, D. Bobby D. Bobby D. Lucas has. Um, so <laughs> Luke, yeah, Luke H. <laughs> it's actually based on a TV series from the UK in the eighties. And the story was basically that this gang of bad guys are killed on their way to do a job, to do a robbery, and their widows, through one reason or for one reason or another, end up having to essentially do the robbery themselves. Mm-hmm. And that's sort of an interesting premise. Yeah, yeah. So that that's oh, with it. those women. Not... Well, quite <laughs>
2: quite excited. And Gillian Flynn's doing the screenplay, isn't she? I believe she is. So I mean, we know she can write some. Uh... Pretty good women.
0: Is it Gillian or Gillian? I've heard it pronounced Gillian.
2: I've heard
1: it pronounced Gillian as well. G- yeah. Although not recently. <laughs> not recently.
0: Of course no. not. No, Of no. course not. Just a complete coincidence. So that's exciting. That's exciting. I'm a, I'm very much looking forward to that one. And even though we weren't really speaking of TV shows, we were tangentially. So I'm going to say that I'm delighted Delighted, I tell you, that Better Call Saul has been greenlit officially for season four uh, because where season three left off,
1: I need closure, I need closure.
0: closure. If you're you're not watching Better Call Saul, it is an amazing TV show that I think is every bit as good uh, as Breaking Bad. Whoa, Yeah.
1: Hey, speaking of TV, what do we think of the first poster for Marvel's Inhumans?
0: It's a poster. Have you seen the trailer for Marvel's Inhumans?
1: I have not. Chris. It is
0: it, it i watched Chris it has. in the in the <laughs> in the cab thing. on the way here.
1: Oh it's that right. That recent is it? Yeah, it's that recent.
0: I and, watched uh, watching it. Yeah.
1: And and how, how 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 is that? I know how I feel about the poster, so I'm just interested. How do you feel about the poster? I I feel like it it's it's perhaps a little underwhelming.
0: I think they might be trying to lull people into a false sense of security okay. with this film. You know that the first image was was not good. The poster was not good. The trailer is not good. So right. I think maybe people are going, oh, and of course it was meant to be partly MCU and then got downgraded yeah. to TV. Yeah. So maybe people are going, oh, this is going to suck. It's going
1: to be awesome. And then we're
0: going to see it and it's going to be, oh my God, this has been shot with IMAX cameras. Can you believe it? <laughs> Can you believe such a thing?
1: It's going to be incredible. I did it?
0: like uh, the 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 teleporting dog, uh, Lockjaw, is who right? is in the trailer and looks pretty damn good. But uh, it's if you don't know what the Inhumans is, it is again batshit insane. It's batshit, yeah. And it's the but the royal family, uh, uh, a royal family who live in the moon, and they are all and not like
1: <laughs> on the dark side of the moon, like yeah. Pink Floyd. Yeah, yeah,
0: and not like well, Pink Floyd don't live in the dark <laughs> well, side of the moon, do they? Do you
1: know that? I mean, can we be sure?
0: No, no well, because uh, as well, as we all know, Just waters would freeze on the moon. So, <laughs> Little,
1: so anyway, little science um, joke there.
0: so the, the royal family.
1: Yeah, the royal, and they all have various uh, different powers in the same way that mutants do, but completely different to mutants, well, okay? Not mutants. Definitely not mutants. <laughs> These guys have been changed by the Terrigen Mists. Yes. That's a totally different thing from mutation and should not okay. be confused in any way. Okay. Um, if you're familiar with Agents of SHIELD, you'll know that the, the whole the Terrigen storyline has already been a part of their universe. Um, but the inhuman royal family are a little bit different from the sort of the the, the partially inhuman people there, yeah. and they have extraordinary powers. Blackagar Boltagon, the king. <laughs> I'm not kidding. That's his real name. It's Black- shortened to Black Bolt.
0: Black Bolt for short.
1: Boltagon Baltagon, um, has a sonic scream so powerful that if he were to yell, it would like shatter the universe
0: yeah.
1: um, or certainly like planets. Yeah. So he doesn't, uh, he doesn't ever speak. But luckily, his, he does his, a shipping
0: his... forecast, but on Radio 4, <laughs> I think that's, that's
1: But luckily, his, his missus is telepathic, so he, he can talk to her. And she also has magic hair.
0: Magic hair. Yeah. Mag- Medusa. Sol.
1: Which also looks terrible yeah. in the in the poster. That was genuinely yeah. my first thought. It's like, that yeah. looks horrible.
0: yeah. Yeah, I
1: mean, don't put conditioner on your roots, kids. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm rooting, I'm <laughs> rooting
0: for these plucky newcomers to the the, the extended Marvel universe. Well, I'm, me too. I'm, but... I'm hopeful that you know, it'll, you know, despite everything we've seen, it'll be okay.
2: Yeah, just because
0: it's not promising.
2: I love you and Ryan, and I always just want, I want him to be huge.
0: Yeah, <laughs> well,
2: yeah. Hopefully, other people
1: well, agree with me. I don't there's know. A, there's a. Golly,
0: yeah, my word, my word. Uh, But that's that's all very, very exciting. (laughs) Jonathan Frakes is going to direct episodes of Star Trek Discovery. That's that's also very, very exciting. While we're talking about TV stuff, uh, the the Hulu's Castle Rock, which is the Stephen King, JJ Abrams show, an anthology show, which takes place in and around some of the stories that. Uh, where I have famous stories of Misset in Castle Rock, a fictional town in Maine. Stephen and a King's real town in Northern
1: town. Ireland, which obviously is now is it? gold-plated. Yes,
0: is, yes, precisely. <laughs>
1: it's the other end of Port Stewart Strand. Is it? Yeah.
0: Everything's covered in gold over there. Uh, Melanie <laughs> Linsky is taking the female lead. It's a really, really great cast. I see Spacek was added to the cast this week, so... Mm. I'm very excited about that. It seems to be a very good time to be a Stephen King fan on the big and the small screen. Uh, if it and The Dark Tower are good, then I'll be very, very happy indeed. Yeah. Uh, so there's a load of stuff. And other trailers came out this week. The Huge greatest number of showman. trailers,
1: yeah. Greatest Showman, the Hugh Jackman film about yeah. P.T. Barnum, which Terry's in, played about 20 times on the loop yesterday. <laughs> a
0: musical trailer without any music from the film in it. I mean, that is, is actually no, from no, the no, film. Is song. it from the film? Yeah,
1: they're making. Uh, they want the songs to sound poppy. They want to have breakout hits. Who's singing it then? Um, I believe that one is sung by the bearded lady in the film, yeah. whose name I'm afraid I forget.
0: Pitch right, Perfect yeah.
1: 3 also came out while we we're on the topic of singing. How did that yeah. go down? Um, it's all right. I'm worried it looks a bit sort of explodey and the sort of, you know, oh, it's the it's the second sequel, let's go to Europe sort of thing is uh-huh. maybe a little... Well, we'll, we'll see. Fingers
0: crossed. Hey. And then, of course, was Jumanji, Jumanji Welcome to the Jungle.
1: Yeah, which I was actually super charmed by, perhaps despite myself, because uh, the whole idea of... The Rock being on the inside a bespeckled 14-year-old yeah. boy I think is is super charming, so I'm there.
0: So check those uh, trailers out on www.theinternet.com uh, and let us know what you think. Um, and we should also, of course, pay tribute to two people who passed away this week. Uh, Michael Nykvist, uh, the Swedish actor who yeah. was the star of the original version of The Girl yeah. with the Dragon Tattoo. Uh, he played Mikael Blomkvist. Um, didn't do that thing with his glasses like Daniel no. Craig did. And went on to become the bad guy in a series of Hollywood films, including, of course, John Wick, Chapter One, as I'm yeah. calling it, and uh, Mission Impossible Ghost Protocol, um, yeah. where he ended up fighting Tom Cruise in a multi-story car park. We've all been there. We've all been there. Uh, fine actor.
1: A huge, uh, really, huge really fan talented fan. actor. Huge loss. And 56.
0: Like, that's 56. No, no age not at good. all. No, Tragically
1: not young. Not good.
0: Uh, so very, very sad to hear that. And, of course, the... Um, Lucy film related, but the death of Michael Bond, the great uh, author and creator of Paddington Bear. He passed away this week. Uh, he was ninety, ninety one, ninety one, ninety one. 91. 91. Yeah, 91. Uh, yeah okay, very one, very of, one of
1: the most consistently charming and inspiring figures, I think, in in British writing. He mm. was an absolutely lovely man by all accounts. Yeah. And, uh, and yeah, it was absolutely heartbreaking to see the, the Paddington statue in Paddington Station yesterday was Aww. covered in bouquets of flowers and jars of marmalade. Oh, really? So sad.
0: So sad. Lovely. So sad. But, uh, but Paddington 2 is coming out this year and I hope will be a fitting tribute. And he yeah. has that lovely cameo, doesn't he, in New England Paddington where he is... He, he is the guy, the old gentleman who raises a glass of uh, red wine to Paddington and toasts yes. his own creation. Oh, I love that film. Mm. Uh, so there we go. Michael Eichfist and uh, Michael Bond who both passed away this week. Long-time listeners for the Empire Podcast will know that we have often struggled to rank the Tom Hollands in order. Uh, Is Tom Holland, for example, better than Tom Holland? Is Tom Holland better than uh, both of those Tom Hollands? It's really hard hard to say. Uh, But what we do know is that Tom Holland is one of our favorite Tom Hollands. And uh, Tom Holland is the one who plays Peter Parker in... Spider-Man Homecoming, which comes out next week. Not the Tom Holland who directed Fright Night. Not the Tom Holland who's a historian. Not the no. Tom Holland who plays football. Or not the Tom Holland who fixed James Dyer's roof recently. But <laughs> just to let you give you a little bit of context there. Um, so Tom Holland, the Spider-Man one, uh, came into our pod booth recently to talk about Spider-Man Homecoming. And uh, I got to talk to him. Uh, and he was a lot of fun. And did we get Tom Holland... To definitively rank the Tom Hollands, you bet your ass we did. Uh, enjoy. Uh, we're glad to be joined on the Emperor Podcast by Tom Holland. How are you, sir? What's up, everyone.
4: Oh, this is a podcast. There's this is no a podcast. Cameras. Okay, no really
0: cameras. now. Woo, it's all good. This movie obviously plunges you straight in yes. to the MCU. Did you feel in a way that Civil War was a great warm-up, as it was for Peter? He gets plunged into this maelstrom, and then suddenly this movie allows him to grow, and we get to explore the character a little bit more.
4: Yeah, I think... My goal in playing Spider-Man was to create a different version of the character. I really didn't want to play the same character that, that we've seen before. Um, so for me, Civil War was the perfect sort of workshop where I could try things and see if the fans connected with it and use it as a way of like getting notes from people before yeah. I went into my own movie. I was just lucky enough that everyone was really happy with what I did and, mm-hmm. and what I brought to the screen. Um, so... Going into Spider-Man: Homecoming, I knew that all I had to do was what I did on Civil War, but for 90 days in a row rather than 5 days in a row.
0: Okay, interesting. Because it, it does feel like it does reflect your journey in many, yeah. many ways. I mean, you're you're plunged into this thing. You have all these different actors who've been established in these roles for ages. Was it hard to get your head around on the set of Civil War when you're you're in that situation?
4: Um if I'm honest, I feel like I've been playing Spider-Man since I was a kid, you know, <laughs> on my bed in front of the mirror. Peter Parker is a character that I've connected with on so many different levels. Uh-huh. Um, so I felt as prepared as I would ever be for any role. So uh-huh. I really felt like I was kind of home, a homecoming for me as well as it is a homecoming for yeah, yeah, yeah. Spider-Man. Um, so yeah, I, I felt ready and, and prepared to take on the role. Oh, fantastic.
0: And what about, the, what about that preparation? Because uh, I spoke to John Bernthal on the Mm. set of The Punisher Mm. and he told me about your kind of, the the, the assistance that you gave each other. You were filming Pilgrimage out in Ireland and you helped him put his Punisher tapes together and he helped you to an extent, I believe, with the Spider-Man tapes. Is that right?
4: Absolutely. 100% So I was in Ireland And it was my second set of self-tapes That I had to do So I was still very early into the process And self-tapes can be a difficult thing You know Because sometimes you don't have access to actors You're having to do it with my mum You know Or a friend from set Who isn't an actor And it's difficult to do it So I was just lucky that John was up for it And willing to help me And we did two scenes together And uh, you know I edited them And sent them off to Marvel And they were over the moon with them And then Three weeks later, he was like, yeah, I'm uh, auditioning for this thing called The Punisher. Um, and no way, dude, that's amazing. That, I love that character. And he's like, oh, would you mind doing helping me with a tape? So, yeah, so we did his tapes in Belgium, actually, in a park. We went oh, to Belgium. a park together. Okay. Stanley Weber, the French prince himself, um, as I like to call him, he filmed <laughs> it. And uh, John and I, we were acting in it.
0: Amazing. That is amazing. So, I know that The Punisher and Spider-Man may not meet yeah. in... In Avengers, but that'd be nice, wouldn't it?
4: It would be very just nice. to have a little shot where he maybe walks past. It would be very. I'd like even more than that. You know, yeah. I'd like to get the team together, but uh, but we'll have to wait and see what happens.
0: Wait and see what happens, indeed. So, what was your what was your tape? What what uh, what did John play? Was that like was it a version of the Tony and Peter scene? No, from-
4: absolutely not. Um, it was the first tape I did was from a Miles Teller movie.
0: Okay, I don't
4: know. I can't really remember which one, and and then the second scene was a sad scene from some other movie. They tend to send fake sides so that no one knows anything about the movie. And then they sent me a comic strip. It was from a comic against, it was Spider-Man versus, I think he's called Blue Streak.
0: Okay, yeah. He was the
4: guy on Rollerblades. Uh Uh-huh. Um, and John was playing the guy on rollerblades. And at one point, I had to like web his shoes off, and John was like throwing my boots to me from behind the camera <laughs> just to try and make it as authentic as possible, you know? So, John was a villain, and I was playing Spider Man.
0: Amazing. And for The Punisher, he was the Punisher, presumably. And what were you? Were you yeah. perp number one? He were a guy he killed? Frank
4: Castle, and I think I was a lawyer. No, I was his son, and he was teaching me how to shoot a deer. And then the second scene was I was a lawyer, and, uh, he did the whole like one batch <laughs> whatever he said. But yeah, so it was that thing, yeah.
0: Awesome. Awesome. So, um when you're preparing for homecoming, you're preparing for Spider Man. You've been playing Spider Man all your life, mm-hmm. bouncing around uh, In my room. Hanging off banisters and whatnot, I Absolutely. imagine Absolutely. What comes easier then? Is it the Spider Man poses? Do they come naturally to you? Do you uh or is it the accent? What what's what's the, what's the easiest for you?
4: Um For me, the poses are something I've been doing forever,
0: you know? I've
4: been pretending to be Spider-Man my whole life. The accent is something that I really wanted to work at because I wanted to be authentic as a Queens high schooler, you know? So I had a a dialect coach, Rick Lipton, who is a legend, and he would work with me every single day, two months before leading up to the movie, and then every day on set while we were there, just to make sure that, you know, I didn't slip up at any time. There was one day that I think Rick wasn't there, and for some reason I just did the whole scene in an English accent. (laughs) And we were watching the movie, like, going through it, and stuff we needed to change. And I was like, uh, guys... I'm English in that scene. We're gonna have to re-record it, so we had to redub my voice because okay. I am like, "Hello, how are you? Nice to meet you." And yeah, <laughs> it was just really not American at all. So that was the only sort of hiccup. Okay, but are you good at accents? Is that something that comes naturally uh, to you as a as an actor? Yeah, you know, I'm. I'm by no means bad at accents, but I'm not. I'm not. Uh, the best person I know at Accents who isn't a dialect coach is George Mackay. He's an actor I worked oh, with yeah. on my second movie. He's a really good friend of mine. And he can slip in and out of any accent. And it's amazing. It's such a skill. And uh, and it's so funny talking to him because he can just do everything.
0: Amazing. Amazing. Your your dad, Dominic Holland, yes. is a stand-up. He is, yes. He's written a book yes, about your experiences. Experience. Yeah. Uh, which is interesting. So have you you made your way into his stand-up set? Is he he doing gigs and gags about you now?
4: Yeah, he always has been. He used to call me Motorola when (laughs) I was a kid because he said I didn't go to sleep, he just put me on charge. Um, (laughs) And then I think my brother Sam was Sony Ericsson and Harry was Samsung or something, or Nokia. Uh
1: Um,
4: And uh, yeah, so my dad's bit has always been about being a dad and having boys and stuff. And the lovely thing about the book is it's a lovely way for me... To reminisce and remember things that I have forgotten about my career, and also learn about my dad's career. You know, it's he's had a crazy career over the last thirty years, traveling the world, doing stand up, writing scripts, writing books. Um, so it was a lovely way for me to sort of get even closer to my dad, but also get closer to my past about what I'd been through and
0: some funny stories. Yeah, and it, 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 I obviously he takes an interest in your career. I remember being on the set of The Impossible. I think it was the last day of filming. You were yeah. filming a plane sequence with Naomi Watts. Oh, in Madrid. And, you know, in Madrid. Yeah, 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 I remember now. Yeah. and he was there. Your whole family were there, were there as well. So do they do that? Do they follow you around the world? Do they keep up with you? And
4: they do. You know, they really do. My my little brother Harry has been on tour with us nearly every step of the way. He's he's a uh, Aspiring filmmaker, mm-hmm. and he has been filming everything, making a sort of video log of everything so that I can remember my time on tour. Um, my whole family came with me on The Impossible, and they visited me in Atlanta on Spider-Man, and they've been coming all over the place. Um, so, uh, so yeah, it's really wonderful for me to have such a supportive family. And uh, and they're actually just got to my hotel room now, and I haven't seen them in a while, so I'm very excited
0: <laughs> to uh, go and see them. All right, won't keep you too much longer. But uh, in terms of stand-up, mm. was that ever an appeal for you? It was.
4: It really was. And only recently has it been an appeal because I have to do these events, which we call fan events. I go to Brazil and I stand on stage in front of 2,000 people and I just talk about the movie. And everything I say, the fans die laughing. (laughs) They die laughing. So I came off stage like, I'm hilarious, man. Like I should be a stand-up comic. So I sat down with my dad and was like, hey, dad, listen, I'm really considering maybe trying stand up you know a lot of actors do it a lot of musicians yeah. do yeah. it maybe it's something that I could do and and I feel most comfortable on stage so I was like maybe that would be something I'd like to do and he said son picture this imagine being in front of a thousand people telling a joke and no one laughs oh my God. I was like do you know what dad I'll leave that to you <laughs> I'm going to stick to what I know but, uh, but yeah, no, maybe one day I'll give it a go. But it's, uh, it's a daunting thing, especially, you know, going in front of a club. And I think English audiences especially are like, all right, mate, let's see what you got. You know, they're not quite as welcoming as the rest of the world. So yeah yeah it's yeah. Uh, it's a very daunting thing. And I, I think it's probably the scariest job in show business.
0: I think start with an open mic. Start with uh, an open mic? Not, do a five minute slot you know 40 people in the audience no one really knows you'll be fine yeah maybe i will maybe i will in fact you know if if there was a a mcu stand-up night i would go to see that that would be a
4: very good piece of press you
0: to do an mcu open
4: mic poem night was slam poetry with the avengers
0: (laughs) yeah i'd be there i'd be there who would be the funniest
4: Chris Hemsworth, I
0: think. Hemsworth.
4: I think Chris Hemsworth would really be the funniest at slam poetry. (laughs) I think that would be his bag.
0: That's his superpower. Yeah. All right, great. Uh, And I can't let you go without asking about the other Tom Hollands, because we have a thing on the Empire podcast where we keep ranking the Tom Hollands in order of preference. Okay, cool. And you'll be delighted to know that you are... uh, Number four, thanks. At the moment, you're number one. You're number one joint with Tom Holland, and then there's Tom Holland... And then, and then the other Tom, Tom Holland. Holland. yeah, right, Sure, of course, I understood so, that. how well do you know the other Tom Hollands? There's obviously the guy who directed Fright Night. Yep. Are you aware of his career? We, I am very much yeah. so.
4: I hate horror movies, not going <laughs> to lie. I'm a complete wuss. I don't watch them ever. Uh-huh. Um, but I am aware of his career. I have never seen Fright Night, nor will I ever see Fright Night, because I'm terrified. <laughs> really? It's a good film. I'm sure he it is. He also
0: directed too. Child's Play, and he, co- he wrote Psycho 2. So there's, that's not oh, quite a horror yeah. film. You can probably maybe watch that one. What about the historian Tom Holland?
4: I I enjoy following Tom uh, Holland on Twitter because he's so funny he's mm. like when I got cast as Spider-Man he was like so apparently I'm playing Spider-Man now you know <laughs> so I've had a really fun time watching him uh, tweet about our stuff but I think he's in touch with my parents Really? <laughs> I think my parents and him talk all the time
0: okay are they confused do they think he's you is that no He's they a, a, Tom he's a come historian. in for your lunch <laughs> alright okay yeah what, what's a what's Tom, a six year old man doing in a room yeah. what's happening
4: yeah, so no, they don't ever get us confused. But um, <laughs> but no, I think my dad met him at a book signing recently or something like that.
0: Okay, interesting. And there's one more Tom Holland who's just come to my attention. And so you may not know about this guy. He's a footballer who uh, played for Swansea no City way. and he just got released. Aww. So there's a fourth Tom Holland. There's a fourth Tom Holland. Yeah.
4: I remember walking on stage at a meet and greet when I was about 13 to a very, hmm. Like the audience were like, ah oh, who... I thought Tom Hollander was coming on stage. <laughs> and I guess they didn't know that this young stallion was yeah. rising through the ranks. <laughs> have you ever
0: met Tom Hollandest? He's like he's like the Uber Tom Holland. Um, so now if we kept your breast of all the Tom Hollands, rank them. Including rank yourself, them. rank them. Okay. Who's your favorite so I'm gonna Tom Holland? To I'd put
4: Tom Holland at number 1.
0: Tom Holland at number 1. Yeah. Tom
4: Holland would probably sit at number 2 and then Tom Holland at number 3 and then yeah. the fourth one I would go with Tom Holland, yeah.
0: It's not, yeah. Tom Holland at number one, definitely. Yeah, but you got the wrong. Tom Holland at number two. Tom oh, Holland I see at three. What I, mean. I see what you mean. And yeah, then I would sense. go that, that Tom Holland to four.
4: Yeah, yeah, sure. That makes sense to me.
0: All right, great. So Tom Holland, thank you very much indeed. Thank you very much. This has been fun. It has been.
4: Fun. And the cover of Empire with Spider Man was fantastic.
0: That was good. Is I that you guys are hanging up in your loo?
4: It is hanging up in my apartment and. Empire is my favorite magazine. Oh, you're and, uh, just you're
0: just saying that.
4: No, honestly, it is. It is. I used to have a subscription of oh. all of the magazines.
0: You're a fa- you're my favorite Tom
4: Holland. This has worked out last time. Right. Fantastic. Cheers, Thanks, man.
0: Thank appreciate you. it. Pleasure. See you next time. Thank you. So that was Tom Holland, there. our first, second, third, fourth, or fifth favorite Tom <laughs> Holland, depending on which way the wind's blowing.
1: And if there's a roof on the house.
0: <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Precisely. Uh, what a guy. So we'll be talking about Spider-Man Homecoming. It is Spider-Man Homecoming, not Spider-Man. Uh, next week, we'll be talking about that and we will be doing hopefully a spoiler special yeah, as well uh, but let's talk about a movie for which we are doing a spoiler special it is Edgar Wright's Baby Driver which is out even as we speak and it is a movie starring Ansel Elgort as Baby who is a getaway driver for Kevin Spacey and his nefarious gang of bank robbers and he is a man who likes to listen to a lot of music as he pulls off the heists and the spinny wheel thing
1: <laughs> Wow enough with the technical jargon Chris come on
0: I've watched three episodes of Top Gear Hill and I think you know what I'm talking about yeah, so do they. What do we make of
1: this? Um, I I really really enjoyed this. Um, this is cut to the beat of the music that baby is consistently listening to, and it is I can't I mean it's just mind dizzyingly baffling to think how difficult it must have been to do that, but it works so so well. It's basically as you said, he's a getaway driver. He doesn't want to be. He's basically sort of paying off a debt essentially to Kevin Spacey's doc. And uh, and the end is in sight. He's almost free of his debt. But you know what happens with these films? Just when
0: you think you're Just out. Just when you think yeah. you're
1: out, that's the most dangerous point. And that makes it particularly unfortunate that that's when he meets a waitress called Deborah, played by Lily James, and sees a way out of this life and, and sees a sort of hope for the future and yet is kind of still stuck in this... In this position, uh, surrounded by very bad people, like <laughs> it has to be said, it's not just Spacey himself. There's also John Berenthal's Griff, who we could have done with more of, I think. Um, other bank robbers played by who have we got?
0: We've got We've Jamie got a, Fox, little bit of Ham, little bit of ham. John Ham, little bit of Fox,
1: a little, b- a little bit of Gonzalez, little bit of Gonzalez. Yeah, yep. it's. I mean, it's a pretty impressive lineup, mm-hmm. and and Doc tries to mix up the. Sort of the lineup every single time and have a slightly different combination of people to avoid any sort of uh, anyone getting in a rut and also anyone developing too much loyalty to each other instead of him. But problems still arise and that leads to action and Mm -hmm. that leads to car chases and it leads to foot chases of just unsurpassed uh, excitement and uh, and one of the best action films I think we'll see this year. Yeah, so I just really, really, really liked (laughs) it. I mean, I think it's another uh, really inspirational film from Edgar. it's been said before but it it does play out a little bit like a musical. It plays like a musical and a, it's very much a romance I think in a lot of ways as well as being an action movie.
0: It's a straighter um, movie than I think people might expect from yeah. It. Yeah. Certainly I I th- sure. going into it the first time I thought it was more it was going to be more comedic than it is and there are jokes in it but it is it, it surprised it's surprising it's yeah. you know uh it's it's a thriller. Yeah. It is a thriller and it has deaths and violence and action and things that you know which is not Something that you know, Edgar Wright has shied away from, of course. You know, Shaun the Dead and Hot Fuzz and The World's End are yeah. all very dark films in in their own way. But uh, I think people might be surprised for expecting this to be the fourth yes. Cornetto type movie, or or have the, the sort of wild freneticism of, yeah. of Scott Pilgrim. It is not that; it's a much more controlled film. It's oh, a dazzling so. technical achievement. I mean, when you, uh, you think oh, about God, yeah. what they've done here; <laughs> uh, it's 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 quite incredible. And there is some great car chases, and it, it pays. I think. Suitable homage to films that have gone before, like Walter Hill's The Driver. Driver, of course, yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: Most notably. But but loads of um, film references in there <laughs> that people have already been discussing online, and I won't spoil them.
0: Yes, yeah. um, absolutely.
1: To keep an eye out for those. But yeah, just... It was really good. I really enjoyed it. <laughs> it. Needs to be seen as big and as loud as possible. Yeah, more than once. And if you made the okay. mistake of going to see Transformers yesterday and your head still hurts, like this is, I think, probably exactly what you need to fix everything. <laughs> yeah. Just hypothetically, I'm not. I'm not saying that's what I did. That you did.
0: You do. You you went to see Transformers. Uh, so sort did of I. I mean, I took the bullet as well. But you you chose. I'm assuming you paid money to see this, right?
1: Well, I just thought I should know. You know how deep the rabbit hole goes. Yeah. <laughs> I just didn't realise it would take me to the centre of the earth and boiling oblivion.
0: Is that what they went? I really can't tell. I really can't tell. (laughs) Anyway, enough about Transformers, uh, Baby Driver. Uh, Emma, you you would like this movie as well?
2: Yeah, I watched it again last night and it occurred to me more second time around just how well it's edited. Like, I knew first time around, but I think this time when I could relax into it a bit more, because I I was so excited first time, I was able to just kind of watch elsewhere and just see what was going on. And I mean, I, I know for sure I didn't blink the first time around during that first bit. Uh, it's just the way they introduce the character with the car also the music
1: Ugh. the music is incredible yeah always is with agro but like yeah. this is oh, I love it
2: I think the only thing that didn't work for me maybe I'd have a slight issue with both the girl characters I can't quite figure out why but for me they just don't quite sit right but um, oh, it's just it's just great fun like yeah. it is as you said it is such an achievement and I really hope that it gets some proper sound recognition come beginning of next year
1: Academy but Yeah. Oh, bless, bless your little optimistic heart. <laughs> and but, um, in that bit, maybe else. for it could do for editing. It's got, getting a lot of love Sounds, from other filmmakers. Yeah. So. Absolutely,
0: it is, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, a lot uh, yeah, great. yeah, a lot of people on Twitter. Yeah. Uh, Guillermo del Toro's thirteen tweet thread and all sorts of uh, <laughs> oh, who else? Uh, <laughs> Ryan Johnson's been tweeting about it, and John Favreau and uh-huh, yeah.
1: Christopher Macquarie, I think. Chris as well. McQuarrie
0: as well. Yeah. So it's uh, it's it's clearly it's clearly. Yeah, he's got his he's got his peers on board. He's got us on board, five stars for baby driver. Will it get the audiences on board? Because this is an original film. It doesn't have uh, the, the dread IP attached to it. It's not based on a breakfast cereal or a toy no. or it, a comic book. It does book.
1: have a difficult title also, especially coming out soon after Boss Baby. People <laughs> may think, people might genuinely think it's some kind of weird sequel. Yeah. Um, so let's hope that people give it a chance because I think they'll love it if they do. Do you, wow. know what, do you
2: know what though? Last night I was really surprised. Uh, so I went with my housemate and it was full, completely packed. Oh, great. Right. Um, That's interesting. Yeah. People were laughing the whole way, but you you so rarely get it but there was a huge patch of people that clapped at the end and I, I loved that because we do that in screenings, whatever but to go to a public screening mm. of something and have people clap it made me so happy I was like yes guys
0: well yeah I, that was I, cool. I, I don't clap at public screens
2: yeah but you're the worst I
0: get my butler to do it instead <laughs> Jenkins, clap for me uh, yeah, he actually grabs my hands and puts them together <laughs> Jenkins. Clap harder, Jenkins. I really enjoyed this bit, Jenkins. Oh,
1: Helen, hell. And anyway, He's terrible. Yeah, make very, him stop. I'm very
0: jet-lagged. Uh, so didn't. five stars then for Baby Driver, and do check out the, our uh, epic, epic of epic, epicness, uh, sports special with Edgar Wright. Uh, Nick Dissemini and I spoke to him for about an hour, uh, and we're going to record our part tomorrow as well. So that's be out on, that's, that's be out on Monday. That, cool. That's be. So that's very, very exciting. And speaking of original films that deserve to make an impact, Okja, the new film from Bong Joon-ho, yes. is on Netflix as we speak. That is where it is debuting. Yeah. What is this film?
2: Yeah, so Okja has a pretty bizarre premise. Uh, it revolves around a super pig, so the titular Okja. <laughs> right, and
0: it's already sold.
2: <laughs> it's super big. It kind of looks a bit like a hippo as well, like it's weird looking. Really cute. Yeah, it's super cute. Um, but yeah, super pig, uh, Okja and young owner, Mia, uh, or Mija, Uh, kind of pronounced differently in the different areas that we watch the film in, Uh, as they travel from rural South Korea to New York for a huge global competition, which is actually a big PR stunt. But this pig is part of a much bigger corporate story and so a massive fight for Okja's freedom begins with a whole host of kind of crazy and colourful characters. A lot of people will definitely be coming to this film on Netflix for the zany double act of Jake Gyllenhaal and Tilda Swinton. Mm-hmm. But the start of this is a lot stiller uh, and probably not quite what you'd expect. So I would say please stick with it because even I was slightly thrown by how kind of nice and cute it was before <laughs> they all turn up. Um, and the tone is genuinely all over the place in this, but I strongly feel that this actually works to the film's advantage. But I'm a huge fan of of his you know his last film, Snowpiercer, which yeah. we always say you know, not a lot of people got to see. Um, so I was really expecting to love it, and I really, really did. As I said, it's full of all these crazy characters, genuine laughs some real heartfelt moments, and I know a lot of people have had a little tear during certain bits. It's just very relatable. And basically his script, which was written with John Ronson, who's such a hero, is absolutely fantastic. And it is insanely refreshing, really, uh, with emphasis on the insane, I would say... <sighs> There's also a really wonderful slapstick set piece, which might just be any action sequence you'll see all year, even though having just spoken about Baby Driver, maybe (laughs) some of those car bits might just top it. But uh, John reviewed it for us, and he said that, you know, it's a Tad Spielbergian, and I would say it's all the better for it. Uh, And the flatulent Octa herself is, is totally winning. So, yeah, it really is just wonderful. And Jake Gyllenhaal, he plays this... TV presenter which as John said is Steve Owen by way of Timmy Mallet <laughs> uh, which is very true and he just sort of continues to prove himself as like one of the most fascinating people working really. Um, yeah, so I, I have very few criticisms of this. I re- I watched it last night and I really loved it. I think my only criticism would actually be that I wish I could have seen it on the big screen.
1: Yeah, I have a few issues with it. I Go did enjoy it, it overall but it's, it plays a lot like a kids' movie, like a classic Amblin movie, yeah. like you say, um, and, and a lot of its concerns feel quite childish, and, and the, yeah. the humour especially is extraordinarily broad, and so that also feels quite childish. On the other hand, there is swearing that you don't get in kids' films, uh-huh. and there is some extraordinarily gory stuff that yeah, you don't su- get in kids' surprising films, films as which as makes well. it, it tonally from- really strange. Definitely. Um and, and strange is fine, strange is good, but it's it's totally I find it really, really difficult to stick with at times. Um Tilda Swinton, I was with uh Jill Hall's <coughs> character has really freaked me out, actually, especially towards the end for reasons I won't get into. So divisive, I think. John yeah. said that to you, but I, I yeah, I amazing. did not love him. I, I I got that he was doing something extraordinary with it, but yeah. I I didn't love him. Um and I think it was maybe so some of that, some of those tonal shifts, I think, sometimes took away from its message, and I think uh-huh. that was perhaps a little bit of a shame. And also, its its message is perhaps a little—it's very, very, very downbeat, actually. Yeah, I think. for sure. Um, very, very, um, uh, almost despairing of the world that we're in, in some ways. And I think uh, that is on, on a macro scale. Obviously, yeah. the micro story is very hopeful, but I think that that was quite, yeah. Bizarre to me as well. Again, especially in something that feels in many ways like a kids' film, but also not at all. Yeah. So strange. I'm not saying I didn't like it. I just find it much, much stranger even than Snowpiercer. Oh yeah, I yeah, I think
2: you're right for sure. It's got a really great um, supporting cast, doesn't it? Though? like Paul Dano. Yeah, uh, yeah, he's Mierne, great. Yep, yep. Obviously Lily Collins. Uh, yeah. No, I don't know. John gave it. John gave it four. But mm. I, for me, I'm thinking it's it'll probably end up in my top five of the year. So maybe I'm going a little bit.
0: I might go a little bit lower, but
1: we'll split the difference, I agree with John.
0: Well, it is, we're at the halfway point of the year. We are at the halfway point wow. yeah. of the year. So, what's your number one film of the year so far? What's your favourite film?
1: Do you know what, the one that immediately came to mind was John Wick 2. I'm not sure that's right. I'd probably have to have a look at what uh, I've actually sometimes seen. Sometimes you got
0: to listen to your gut.
1: It's going to be up there. Yeah. It really is. I, I, saw, I
2: keep a list. I saw mine, I saw it too long ago, but Manchester by the Sea is still there, but I don't think that's right. I think it's probably the Lego Batman movie or... <laughs> I'm <laughs> very predictable or L, I loved L as well oh
0: L uh, was amazing yeah what about you? less predictable I would say It's a double bill <laughs> what about your one? uh get out
1: oh wait that's get no out. way she just asked no, your no guys question.
0: guys get out
1: no we won't we're not finished yet Chris
0: no 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 you don't understand I'm trying to tell you that my favourite movie of the year is get out oh but also get out <laughs> um, as we should because we're very very close to people banging on the window and telling us to get out get uh, out so we gave four stars into to Okja. Yes. Uh, we gave four stars also to, there's a whole bunch of films out this week, to a man called Uver, which is an adaptation of a Swedish best-selling novel uh, that we have called in our review a contender for feel-good film of the year. Uh, so four stars for that. Very, very exciting. Three stars for Despicable Me 3, the return of Steve Carell as Gru, and um, what do you call those little minions of his? Um, the little...
1: Uh, oh, uh, oh. Servants? Or servants, yeah. Are henchmen? <laughs> <not> henchmen.
0: <laughs> The hench minions.
1: Yeah,
0: so three stars for for Lat. Uh, and uh, three stars for Emma Thompson and Brendan Gleeson in Alone in Berlin. Uh, and four stars for the Japanese animation in this corner of the world. But uh, we've only just started doing Film of the Week. Film of the Week is five stars. It's uh, Baby Driver. Uh, so check that out and and there's all sorts of spoiler specials available as well right now and look out in the future for War for the Planet of the Apes with Matt Reeves and Andy Serkis spoiler special which is very very exciting and we're hoping to be able to bring you John Watts and Kevin Feige and Amy Pascal for a Spider-Man Homecoming spoiler special which we're trying to do through some sort of technical jiggery pokery because they're not in the country so this is a this could be a first for us, so it's guaranteed to go wrong. So forget I even said that.
1: Why to hype it up, Chris? <laughs>
0: oh yeah, it's going to be very very Can't exciting. Wait, yeah. To edit if not, that. it's just going to be us. <laughs> it's just going to be us talking about a movie. Uh, right, is that it? I believe so. Yeah, I do. Yeah. So. That is it for this week's Empire Podcast. Join us next week for more formulated fun. We'll be joined by John Watts, director of Spider-Man: Homecoming, and Andy Circus, who plays Caesar in War for the Planet of the Apes and I did an interview myself and I can confirm he was wearing a suit with no ping pong balls attached. Wow. Which was a huge disappointment to me.
1: How do you know they hadn't like just digitally erased the ping pong balls Mm. before you
0: got there? How do I know it wasn't just a really, really sophisticated CG... Circus? Yeah, in front of me and he was in the next room.
1: How do you know it wasn't a a monkey playing circus? Guys, my mind Um, can't handle this. No! We'll never know. Never.
0: We'll never know. He will, he'll never tell. He'll never tell. Uh, so that's going to be a lot of fun. And until then, uh, until that auspicious moment, uh, it is goodbye from Helen. Totally. Are you around next week?
1: I believe I am, but who knows with my jet-setting lifestyle?
0: <laughs> you really are. You're like the Austin Powers, an in international man of mystery, <laughs> jet-setting around playboy, genius, billionaire, phil- genuinely pairs. a billionaire now, which is amazing. Yeah. So you got the billionaire part, you got the genius part, yeah. playboy, will work on well, that. Is Helen Ironman?
1: No. I've
2: never seen him in the same well, room. Okay,
0: but- okay. <laughs> uh, listen, all right, okay. Billionaire. We've established yeah. all Northern Irish people are now billionaires. That's, yeah. that's my understanding of it, all right? Okay, so, I think Helen and I both take that box. We okay. know she's a
2: genius. No. Genius?
0: Chris, no. Genius? I'm not one to blow my own trumpet, but come on. <laughs> Sorry. Philanthropist? I gave a pound to a a charity person the other week. All right. Oh my god! So that's three. This is
1: all coming together.
0: Playboy. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Let's ask your wife. Just look at me.
0: Just look at me. Here we go. Drinking game. Oh, now I'm I'm down a billion. Uh, (laughs) And then look. Last but not least, terrible facial hair. I am Tony Stark, (gasps) but the Northern Irish Tony Stark. I'm I'm Aaron Orangeman.
1: Anthony Stark.
0: (laughs) That's what I. That's what I am. That's what I am. There we go. Leading the
1: Avengers
0: (laughs) in our march against evil.
1: Ulster says assemble. (laughs) Amazing.
0: On that bombshell. (laughs) Goodbye from Helen. Toodaloo. Goodbye from Emma.
2: I think I'm John, but yeah,
0: bye. Uh, And it's goodbye from me. I am off to the shops to spend a billion quid.
1: (laughs) they They just... I'm sorry Chris they yeah. don't take Northern Irish bills get yeah, me precisely. something
0: <laughs> got a real problem here this is their masterstroke isn't it uh, unbelievable right anyway enough of the politics thanks for listening see you next week sorry for everything bye <laughs>